Welcome to Tales She Told Me, a podcast featuring honest conversation about what it means to be a woman, a mother, and in business. I'm your host, Farah Haydar. Today, we will be discussing feeding your creativity and being creative in a fast-paced world. And joining me is K.R. Ray. K.R. Ray is the author of the Colors Trilogy, which was a finalist for the Forward Review's 2013 Book of the Year Awards in the Multicultural category and the 2014 Reader's Crowd finalist in women's fiction. K.R. lives in Maryland with her husband and two sons. Throughout her diverse career working as a mechanical engineer, adjunct professor, and in sales, she continues to weave her love of marketing, computer information systems, and operations together with her passion for writing. So, KR, I love that bio as someone who is kind of creative, but also, you know, I did an MBA. I have a, I have a mind for math, maybe not a mechanical engineering math, but <laughs> a mind for math. I absolutely, absolutely love that um, bio. And, and one thing that has always hit me is how people separate the arts and the sciences as if they're so separate, right? I think that's a huge misconception, but I want to hear from you. What is your biggest misconception? that you think happens about creativity? That it's tapping exactly into what you said, Farah, that nobody has it or only a select few have it. And it's like, everybody actually does have creativity. Others are more skilled at it as we all have different skill sets and and passions that we're just really jazzed up about. But everybody has an ounce of creativity in them. It's just a matter of tapping into it and realizing that it, that's what it is and that it's there. Um, so to me, that's totally the biggest misconception is that, oh, there's those creative types out there. And then there's the rest of us. I was like, no, we all have creativity. In this. <laughs> exactly. And I think so many engineers and stuff like, cause my husband's an engineer and he goes, oh, I'm not creative. I'm like, honestly, you kind of are <laughs> just being able to piece together the code that you do is a sign exactly. of creativity. Right. And then I always look at him like Leonardo da Vinci was also an engineer, but he was Leonardo da Vinci, right? Yes. (laughs) So so that's it. Um, I'm glad we agree on that. But, you know, one thing I struggle with as someone who's creative and also a business owner and has kids and, you know, sometimes I feel dried out and I think creativity needs to be fed. So what do you do to feed your creativity? Because you are also a million things, right? (laughs) To me, it's literally being curious. If you take the time to ask questions in your daily life, it could be as you're getting the kids ready. Wow. As mothers and and as parents, period, we go through this. Like, how do we get the kids from point A to point B or get them so that they're not jumping off the walls and doing all kinds of crazy things, right? And so you're always having questions in your head. That's your curiosity, your creativity. And so tap into that and go like, okay, how do we do this without injuring the children and getting their like energy focus on this? That's tapping into your creativity. Um, Just like you were saying, your day-to-day, as you're trying to understand how to get through through your whole list of to-dos or what your boss has told you to do or, you know, what your spouse is telling you to do or et cetera, Right. Start thinking of like, how can I get this done faster, better, go without doing it this time? How long can we go without doing it, right? Those are all things that can spark great creativity. And it's just out there, everyone. Just tap into it and start to go like, 
oh, okay, all of these routines that I'm doing, those are just like our rote routines, but how can I make this more fun or less taxing or even asking that question of, do I need to even do this at all? So <laughs> I ask my que- that question a lot, especially when I'm doing the dishes. It's like, there must be a better way to do that. There has to be a better way. <laughs> um, you know, as you mentioned, we're all really, really short on time. And sometimes I feel like my creativity needs to be, it needs time in this fast paced world, you know, or, and, and I do feel that the, the best writing comes from the best editing, right? Like, so we yes. start out saying something takes us 30 sentences, it should take us two. Um, but how do you basically stay creative and relevant in this fast paced world? You know, that doesn't seem to give us a lot of breathing room. To me, one of the biggest compliments I get all the time is that my work is extremely relatable. I've had people say that, oh my gosh, you were a fly on my dorm room or were you like in my house looking around kind of thing? I was like, no, 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 no. Um, But people have said, I'm kind of like the Dick Wolf of taking the latest things ripped from the headlines and pulling it out. And that's the same sort of thing when you want to stay relevant and really plug into the fast paced world, right? Look to see what's going on, you know, unfortunately on social media, right? Yeah. And see what's trending. See if that sparks something in your in your creativity and what you want to talk about and what you want to focus on on the day, right? Same thing, um, even though the news can be extremely depressing, there's a lot of interesting stuff that is happening in the world. Tap into that, see what's going on and what are you know, you mentioned your, your daughter before looking at what are our kids going through? I mean, the stuff that they're facing right now, I mean, we always love to tell them like, yes, mom and dad have been through that at some point in time, but there's a whole nother spin and level to what the kids are going through. So really tap in and see exactly what's going on outside of your neighborhood, outside of your normal comfort zone. And that really helps you stay relevant um, by being able to see like, oh my gosh, so many people are struggling with this or this or this or this. And being able to put a voice to that really, really helps. You know, it's so fascinating. Like I have like three questions from that answer. Um, (laughs) But do you think that is probably the function of art really is to draw out the nuance? It is. It's to show the, 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 you know, when you're talking about crap, tapping into your creativity, it's about showing the differences for the similarities. There's so many things that are alike with all of us, you know, regardless of where we are from around the world, what we believe in. Um, we're 90, you know, if you look at our DNA, we're like 95, 98% the same, right? And so there's so many different things that you can talk about that deal with like, friendship, love, emotions, angst, anger, you know, there's all these different things you could tap into that are the same across all of our different lifestyles and cultures and and experiences. And then bringing out those cool, neat ones that are just from your perspective is really how you help people understand each other and and, and show us that this is is one cool world that we're all Blessed to be a part of. So let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you brought up young people 
and what our kids are facing. And I have a 13 and a nine-year-old and I can tell you um, when I was 13, I was actually in a civil war situation. So I have literally no um, framework to understand my kids' current reality, right? And and she definitely is like, you have no idea what I'm going through. Um, <laughs> so how, and your your job as an artist, as a creative, is to draw out that nuance, is maybe make parents like me understand children like her um, and what's going on in their life. So could you, I'm trying to make this to say, could you, elaborate a little bit on that like because your stuff is so relevant and so ripped from the headlines how do you see the differences in this up-and-coming generation versus us it's literally listening to the kids and the cool thing about this generation they are very vocal (laughs) yes they are extremely vocal so uh, some of the older generations feel that they overshare right no listen to it but, and really start to pick on the things that are causing them, like, like they're extremely aware of their mental health, which is something that older generations, you didn't talk about that. Why is therapy necessary? Blah, blah, blah. But we're running around with a lot of trauma. Uh, as you said, having gone through a civil war, that is extreme trauma, right? And so being able to pull some of their willingness and ability to talk about what we went through, right? And to help them see, you know, like bridge that gap, right? Of okay, even though we have totally different experiences, I'm feeling what you're feeling and I'm seeing the things that are causing you angst. And this is how we handled it in our generation, but this is what I'm learning from your generation, right? Mm-hmm. And so it really just helps just having those conversations, those very tough conversations that, you know, our generation is like, oh, just toughen up, get over it. It's okay, right? No, no, I know. My, like my kid talks to me, I think, and I'm so grateful, by the way, this is not a complaint. My kid talks to me about things I would have never in a million years even like brought up about. at home. Forget in front of my mom, <laughs> at home. Right. Like I would have never, I mean, I'm so grateful she does. I'm not ungrateful, but sometimes she asked me like, well, how did you guys deal with this? And I'm kind of like, we just made it happen. Like there was no room for us to talk about our trauma. No, you just dug in and you went forward and blinded on just trying to survive. I know. Like I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling her that like my kid's talking about this. I'm like, we didn't talk about trauma, didn't you? She looked at me. She's like, no, anytime I talked about being sad, my mom was like, there are starving kids in Africa. You better not be sad. (laughs) Like it was like, there was no sadness for you. Right? No, like, sad, no sadness at all. No sadness at all. So they are definitely very, very different. Um, I always say I think they're going to change the world. And sometimes whenever I find myself nervous or something about, you know, not not, not nervous, but like being like, oh, yeah. my God, what are these kids doing? I'm kind of like, well, it's going to be their world. So they'll have to live with it. Have um, to live with it. Yeah. I always have constructive feedback, but not that it's very welcome. Right? <laughs> I think we do. That's our that's our job as parents. <laughs> <laughs> that is our job as parents. <laughs> and one day they'll appreciate it, maybe. One day. You know, we have. <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, we've talked a lot about the beauty of creativity and how everyone has it and stuff. But I'm always interested in the not so pleasant stuff. 
So what is the dark side to your creativity? So there are wonderful, fantastic memes um, and sayings that go around for writers, especially Mm -hmm. where if we don't like you, we are known to kill you off in a book, right? (laughs) Or in a screenplay or in something. You're in my world now, baby. Yeah. That's the dark side. Um, We know how to kill people off in very creative ways that, you know, you'll just never find the body later. (laughs) That's the dark side. Um, I always tell people, yeah, you know, I am very pleasant, real life, but yeah, piss me off. And you might find out later on that there's a character based on you. doesn't make it through the series a really good end (laughs) yeah I know like I'm a creative person myself I haven't published like you have it's one of my dreams hopefully I'll get there once one day um but for me like some of the, the the personal dark sides have been this this constant need to create like to always do again and again and again and again and and if you don't learn how to properly channel that energy yeah and replenish you can spiral very yeah. very easily there's yeah so many so many of my writer friends i mean all of us as as humans right go through periods of doubts or you know like am i living up to my purpose my calling right and so not dwelling in that but just giving yourself grace and knowing that okay today i may not have written a thousand words or I may not have written at all right it's okay tomorrow I can right and it's just giving yourself that breathing room to know that it's going to be okay you will continue to do it even when you think that oh my gosh I can't have a creative spark in my body (laughs) like having all kinds (laughs) I know you get this fear it's like is that my last good idea and did someone and, and, else and take it's, it? It's, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's not. That's the cool thing is take that time to do other sides, uh, other things that spark your creativity, that, that, that replenish you, right? Um, or, you know, as you're doing your book business, take time to market, take time to edit, take time to uh, grow your author platform. There's other things you can do in that time to just let your mind just relax refresh and rejuvenate and then come back at it. So it, it's not gone. No, <laughs> it it's not gone. I think, to break. <laughs> I think the hard part of it is creativity relies on play, right? And we're definitely trained in uh, this beautiful society of ours to not play. Like not everything play. has to have a purpose, especially when you're busy. Is this really worth my time? Is sitting here. And I find that stops a lot of people from doing stuff that they would enjoy and potentially yeah. lead them into new opportunities that are productive. Yeah. But you got to play first. And that you have to play. You have to have that double time. You have to have, you know, you mentioned Leonardo da, da Vinci before. When back in the Renaissance era, you had people from all walks of life getting together that were like masters in their field. And it was that spark of it around being around other creatives that helped them come up with this renaissance period, right? And it was just art went crazy, engineering went crazy, math went crazy, you know, 
everything because they allowed themselves that, that opportunity to just commune and talk through what if, and hey, how about this? And oh, wow, seeing your painting sparked my idea for this writing. And it just, it grew off of each other. So you do, as you mentioned, Fair, have to have that devil time and put that in your schedule as something that is a needed and necessary uh, component of this whole world of creativity. So mentioning community, because you just mentioned community, are you part of writing communities? Is that, has yes. that helped you? Yes. Yes. Definitely. I have been um, part of writers groups. I've been part of, um, I'm actively in the um, the Maryland Writers Guild and in Baltimore, uh, Black Writer Black Writers Guild of Maryland. There we go. <laughs> I'm part of the Hartford Writers Guild. Um, I'm part of the independent um Book Publishing Association. So there's different groups that you can be a part of, and there are tons of Facebook groups that I'm a part of as well, where anything can spark your imagination, your creativity, and they all help in different ways, depending on what you're looking at. So it could be about book marketing, it could be about writing, it could be about editing, it could be about any number of things, getting your book done, right? And each of them serve their purpose for being able to help replenish you, give you that community of cheerleaders that's just, you know, out there helping you achieve the most that you can, you can be. So definitely community is important. (laughs) Well, we'll be cheering you on. Now I get to ask you and my evergreen question. And are you ready? Yes. It is, what is a weird habit or ritual you have that makes your life more joyful? So for me, it's probably getting to, and unfortunately it's not like a daily ritual, which I would love if it were, right? But I love writing outside. Mm. And it gives me the opportunity to, kind of what you were saying, right? Just relax, enjoy nature, get inspired by, I always say God has a very funny sense of humor. So if you're even just looking at bugs, right? Uh, There's like a bug that'll come by and I'm like, how did you even think to create that, right? (laughs) That's very helpful on my my new series because we're creating this fantasy world and there's some real crazy creatures that are coming up with, but you're getting inspired by nature, right? And it's just allowing you to have that vitamin D, that time in the sun, um, and just being able to relax a bit. So that's my, my crazy little guilty pleasure that I love being able to do, but not always able to do that. <laughs> well, KR, it has been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for taking the time and for telling us my a little pleasure. bit about creativity. Um, if you're interested in KR's Colors Trilogy or to hear more about her upcoming series, The Prince Taj Chronicles, you can find where to purchase them on her website at www.krray.com. You can also connect with KR on Instagram and Facebook at KRRay3. Links below in the show notes. As always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. What do you do to feed your creativity? Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at Farah Hadar. Also, I'm giving away a PDF of some of the best quotes we've had on the show, beautifully designed to print, cut, paste, whatever you like. Email me at farah at farahadar.com 
and title it Quotes. Talk to you soon. Till then, chase your happy.